so good to be with you again, to have this privilege and this honor to worship with you and to open God's Word. I want to say Happy New Year to all of you. So good to see you again. Would you please bow with me for a word of prayer? Our Father and our God, Lord, we are thankful. We are grateful to you for another undeserved privilege to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Lord, for those who have pressed their way out to be here with us in the sanctuary. And we thank you for everyone watching online. As we turn our attention to your word, God, I do confess to you my own sins and sinfulness, and I pray even now you would forgive me. That you would help me to proclaim your word with confidence and with clarity. That through the preaching of your word, you would inform, inspire, impact, and therefore improve the lives of we, your people. For your glory and our good, this we pray in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Again, we say, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So grateful again to have this opportunity to share the word of God with you and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Today, on the first Sunday of a new year, I want to share... Uh, from a passage that I believe contains a practical message for us as we journey forward in 2022. Please take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And I know it may not be your custom, but would you indulge me once again this morning and stand with me? in honor of the reading of the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 5 through 9. Friends, before I begin reading, I want to remind you that this is the Word of God. I will visit you after passing through Macedonia, for I intend to pass through Macedonia. And perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. For I do not want to see you now just in passing. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. But I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door for effective work has opened to me and there are many adversaries. I want to share a message today entitled God's plans are better than ours. God's plans are better than ours. You may be seated in the presence of our God. Man tracked. 
um got locked is a old Yiddish adage meaning man plans and God laughs. I've never been able to shake the weight of what these words suggest, which is at least two things. Number one, despite our most careful planning, life is unpredictable. And number two, God is always in control. Here we are on the first Sunday of a new year, and many of us have big and detailed plans for what we hope to accomplish in 2022. Some of us have business plans. Some of us have family plans. Some of us have health plans. Some of us have travel plans and even ministry plans. But in 2022, if we are to be successful and more importantly, fruitful for the Lord, we must manage the tension between our plans and God's. This is the truth the Apostle Paul models here in our text. Now, at the outset, I admit that when you read this text, at first glance, there doesn't seem to be much here worth preaching or hearing. But if we dig a little deeper, there are some practical truths that we can learn. Paul wrote this letter from Ephesus to the Corinthian believers. He writes this letter primarily to deal with the division within this highly gifted, yet disturbingly selfish community of believers. And as he brings this correspondence to a conclusion, here in chapter 16, verses 5 through 9, Paul shares his personal travel plans as a missionary. By describing his future desires and present situation, I believe he models what our demeanor ought to be when we are totally submitted to God's will and work. Paul teaches that being on mission for God demands that we live with sensitivity concerning the differences between our plans and God's. God desires, brothers and sisters, that we trust him by accepting and adjusting to the fact that his plans are better than ours. Question today is, since God's plans are better than ours, how should we respond when there's a difference between the two? First of all, I believe this passage teaches that because God's plans are better than ours, you should surrender your agenda to the will of God. 
Paul makes it clear to the Corinthians in verses 5 through 7 that even though that he has every intention on coming to see them. Paul had three stops he wanted to make on his missionary itinerary. You can trace it there in verses 5 through 7. He wants to go from Ephesus to Macedonia, and then from Macedonia to Corinth, and then from Corinth to Jerusalem. Based on the details of this letter and the book of Acts, we know that things didn't quite go as Paul planned. But at the heart of Paul's plans were two goals, to be assisted by the Corinthians and to abide with them for a season. Paul wanted to receive resources from the Corinthians to help fund his future missionary endeavors. And he also wanted to abide with them. He wanted to hang out with them. He wanted to spend some time to develop and even repair some of the relationships he cherished with the saints in this church. And even though Paul's goals are to be assisted by them and to abide with them, he states his plans with flexible language. Listen to Paul. He says, perhaps I will stay with you for the winter so that you might or may help me. He says, I hope to spend some time with you. And here's the most important phrase at the end of verse 7. He says, if the Lord permits. With this flexible language, he affirms that while his plans are a possibility, God's plans are the priority. And if God's plans are different than his, his plans will fail, but God's plans will prevail. Paul had resolved never to go anywhere or do anything without the Lord signing off on the trip. And I wonder, in this new year, have you made that resolution? Paul had surrendered his agenda to the will of God. But surrender is always easier said than done. Have you ever been doing what you wanted to do? Going through life, even doing what you believed God wanted you to do. And God himself interrupted, changed, rerouted your plans? I've been there. And if you'll permit me to take a leaf from life's journey, I'll testify that in 2017, I graduated from Trinity International University with my bachelor's degree. And I plan to immediately enroll in a master's program to continue to pursue my ministry preparation and to reach some personal goals. But the very last thing I wanted to do was go back to Trinity for graduate school. Uh, I reasoned, as many do, 
uh, that maybe my resume might look a little better with some variety on it. And so I said, I'm definitely going to go after my Masters of Divinity, but I do not want to do it at Trinity. But God had other plans. I got a call one day from a classmate who ironically is my wife's uncle, but she and I weren't married or even dating when I met him as a classmate. He actually graduated with me in 2017, and I got a call that summer from him saying that he had been on Trinity's website and that they were offering a full academic scholarship to a student from the undergrad program. I didn't know anything about it, but he called me and said, hey, brother, I saw the scholarship opportunity, and I felt led by the Lord to call you and encourage you to apply. I think it's got your name on it. I told him, I said, Wade, I do not want to go back to Trinity at all. But thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate you uh, seeing that opportunity and the Lord putting me on your heart. But I don't think I'm going to apply. A week later, true story, I got another call from one of the admissions counselors at TEDS. That's the Divinity School of Trinity. And this admissions counselor just so happened to be the son of the president of the school. And he called me to inform me about this same scholarship that my friend had called me about a week earlier and asked me to apply for the scholarship. It's after that second call, I began to wrestle with this tension between my plan and God's plan. I decided that the very least I should do was apply. And I stand here in January of 2022, preparing to graduate this year with my Masters of Divinity from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, not because I planned it. I planned something totally different, but because God's plans are better than ours. God's plans are so much better than ours, and I see it even in my own life, because I planned to go to school somewhere where I was going to have to pay for my master's degree. But right now, I'm on a full academic scholarship and the school is paying for my master's degree because God's plans are better than ours. And I want to encourage you as you face this year with big plans and hopes and desires to hold them with open hands. Leave room for God to interrupt your plans. Leave room for God to rearrange your itinerary. Leave room for God's providential plans to overrule your personal plans. Whether it's a business plan or a family plan or a ministry plan, make sure that you live with a prayerful sensitivity that leads you to surrender your own agenda to the will of God for your life because God's plans 
are better than ours. Not only do, does this text teach us that we should surrender our agenda to the will of God, but also because God's plans are better than ours, you should stick with your assignment for the glory of God. It's there in verses 8 and 9. Look again at what Paul says. He says, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. For a wide door for effective work has been opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Even though Paul wanted to stay in Ephesus only until Pentecost. Acts 19 explains that he ended up spending three years in Ephesus. He spent more time there than anywhere else on his missionary journeys. Paul's decision to stay longer than he planned models the kind of courage and perseverance it takes to faithfully serve God when things don't look like we think they should. Paul gives two details of his assignment in Ephesus. He says, I have a great door that's been opened to me and I'm facing many adversaries. The two details of his assignment are access and adversity. Paul's reasons for sticking with his assignment, I contend, should be our reasons for sticking with ours in 2022. First of all, you should stick with your assignment because God has opened the door. Door here is a metaphor for opportunity. Paul says, it's been opened, and in the original language, he says, it will remain open. A wide door for effective work suggests that the width of the door suggests the size of the opportunity is great. He says it's a wide door. The effective working of the door suggests that the success of the opportunity is great. It's obvious from the size and potential success of the door that God is the one who opened it. Only God could open a door like this. God had given Paul access to a fruitful field. Ephesus was a place that was ripe for the seed of the gospel to take root and bear fruit. You ought to read Acts 19 when you get a chance, because Acts 19 details Paul's ministry there in Ephesus. When you read it, you see that souls were being saved, lives were being changed, miracles were being performed, the dead were being raised, Strongholds were being broken, and idolatry was being abandoned. 
Because whenever the gospel is preached and demonstrated in power, God changes things and God changes people. Paul stayed because God had opened the door. But then Paul stayed because he understood that God had ordained the difficulty. He says, a wide and effective door has been opened to me and there are many adversaries, many who oppose me. In Acts 19, you see that there's a spiritual tug of war going on during Paul's time in Ephesus. Ephesus was a place of idolatry, demonic activity, and witchcraft. But Paul didn't see these as reasons to leave. He saw them as reasons to stay. Paul's ministry goes on to upset the social, religious, and even economic systems of this pagan city. Paul faced great opposition for an extended season, but he decided to stay, not despite the adversity, but because of it. If I were writing this, I would have spoken concessively. I would have said, there's a great door open for me. And along with that, and, and, and even though that door is open for me, there's also many adversaries facing me. Or I would have said, but there are many adversaries. But Paul uses language that says both the adversaries and the access are reasons to stay. God was able to open the door and God was able to block the difficulty. But God didn't block the difficulty. He provided it along with the door. We are often tempted, brothers and sisters, to abandon the opportunities God provides because of the obstacles that come with them. But if your 2022 is going to be fruitful for God's kingdom, you've got to stick with your assignment. We'd all prefer to have open doors without difficulty. Who wouldn't? But sticking it out in a difficult marriage friendship, job, or even ministry assignment demands that you embrace the reality that every God-given assignment comes with access and adversity. This year you may be tempted to desert your door because of your difficulties. But don't be frustrated by difficulty. Focus on the door. If you're going to stick it out, you've got to believe that God is in control of not just the door, but the difficulty as well. Hudson Taylor is widely celebrated as the most successful and influential missionary since the Apostle Paul. Over a 51-year ministry, he had great success and great suffering. 
He founded a missionary network that's still functioning today. Because of his ministry, the gospel touched every province in China. But his first wife died at 33. Four of their children died before they were 10 years old. In the midst of his extremely frustrating and yet fruitful assignment, Hudson Taylor said, one difficulty follows another very fast, but God reigns, not chance. Taylor lived with the conviction that every door that opens and every difficulty that comes are controlled by the sovereign hand of God. And I want to say to you today, brothers and sisters, whatever you're facing or whatever you have to face this year, be encouraged. Because chance didn't open the door and chance didn't cause your difficulty. God reigns, not chance. If you're married and you feel like giving up, Press on because God reigns, not chance. If you feel like quitting your job because of a frustrating schedule or crazy co-workers, press on because God reigns, not chance. If you're a student and you're weary on the journey and you want to give up, press on because God reigns, not chance. If you know God is calling you to give, calling you to lead, or calling you to serve him in a greater way this year, whatever comes with it, press on. Because God reigns, not chance. The fruit of Paul's ministry in Ephesus can be traced all the way to the end of the Bible. Because of how Paul managed the access and the adversity that came along with God's open door. Acts 19 tells us that everyone in Asia heard the word of the Lord. That's powerful because in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, John is commissioned by the resurrected Christ to write seven letters to seven churches in Asia Minor. And according to Acts 19, the gospel only got to those places. And these churches were only founded because of Paul's willingness to stick with his assignment and surrender to God's will in Ephesus. If Paul doesn't stick with his assignment, there are no churches for Jesus to write to in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. When writing to one of the churches in Revelation 3 and 7, Jesus himself declares himself to be the one who opens doors that no one can shut and the one who shuts doors that no one can open. Jesus himself had opened the door for Paul's 
ministry in Ephesus so that his word could reach everyone in Asia Minor. Paul had no idea that his ministry in Ephesus would have the impact that it did. But thank God he refused to quit. And I mention this in conclusion because likewise you have no idea what God is up to in your life. Nor the great things he has in store. God just may intend to use you in ways that will bring him more glory than you can imagine. But you've got to look at your door and your difficulty and refuse to quit. Surrender your agenda to the will of God and stick with your assignment for the glory of God. That's what Paul did. But more importantly, it's also what the Lord Jesus has done. Jesus surrendered to God's will in Gethsemane when he cried, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He stuck with his assignment, as the Hebrew writer says, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross and despised the shame and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus died in surrender to the eternal plans of the Father and was raised from the dead in power and glory. We are saved, brothers and sisters. We are redeemed. We are justified, being sanctified, and shall one day stand in his presence glorified. Because God's plans are better than ours. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your word. We thank you for parts of scripture like this that at first glance don't seem to yield much for preaching or hearing. We ask you today, Lord, to make these truths come alive in our hearts, to know and trust and believe that no matter how great or detailed our plans are, life is unpredictable, but you are always in control. Help us to live lives of faith that are marked by surrender and perseverance in the midst of every difficult thing and in the midst of every door you open. May we walk according to your word and your will. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.